friends, welcome back to Sully Deo Gloria. My name is Gracie, if we haven't met yet. And if we have met or you have been listening for a while now, I just want to apologize for not having podcasts come out. Trust me, people have been keeping me accountable and been like, yo, where's your words at? Come on, like, where's the podcast? Um, I got sick again another week. And then the next week after that, I thought that I had a podcast ready to go, but I didn't. And then I was sitting there Sunday night like, oh, well, good job, Gracie. Um, And then after that, I had a plan to do a special recording, but it didn't end up working out. So I just decided to take those three weeks as kind of like my sign to rest and um, just to truly make sure that my heart is aligned with the Lord for this podcast and that this is for his glory alone and not um, mine and not just putting words out there because people are talking about it and asking me about it like it's not about me at all it's about the word of the lord getting out teaching people how to read the word and how to hear god's voice and just sharing how i hear the lord's voice and what i think that um, other people need to hear as well and that the lord is just pushing me to and so with that being said i feel like the lord wants me to share about psalm 27 because david just shows us how to react um in tough times and bad situations because in our culture today it is really easy to run to our friends it's really easy to run to our family members it's really easy to run um to substances when things go wrong but david here is running to the lord as his stronghold and i just want to talk about what a stronghold is a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against an attack and so in history these strongholds played a vital role like no army could successfully defeat an opponent and let their stronghold stand within conquered territory and so it's just really cool to see how david titles this psalm my stronghold he makes it personal he says no the lord is my stronghold and so if you've never um read the bible before or have never even heard of who jesus is well welcome we're about to talk about it and i don't want to just throw scripture at you guys i'm going to take it piece by piece but please go back and read the whole thing all together because after hearing this reading it all together just it's so powerful and it's so beautiful but i don't think i'll have time at the end if i do i'll read it but anyways we're gonna jump right into it um and just start with the word so verses one through three david writes the lord is my light and my salvation whom should i fear The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. And so the first thing that I want to say is this is who the Lord is. This is the Lord's character. He is light, he is salvation, and he is our stronghold. Um, we have zero reason to fear anything in this world because if darkness comes against us, the Lord is our light. If we fear ultimate peril and death, the Lord is our salvation. We have eternity in him. And if we're just afraid of anxieties and things coming at us in the world, he is our stronghold. Nothing that comes against us will stand if we're a believer in Jesus. And so if you've never heard of the word salvation, it basically means saved and um, being secure in Christ um, with your eternity. And so to become saved, um, Romans tells us that you call on the name of Jesus. You believe that Jesus is the son of God who stepped down from heaven because his heart broke for us. And he sent, the father sent his only son to the cross to die for our sin. 
And three days later, he rose again. And if you celebrated Easter and you're not a believer, that's what Easter is actually all about, um, is Jesus rising again and thus proving everything he said to be true and proving himself to be true and proving himself to be our savior and taking our sin on the cross. And so if you confess and believe that Jesus is Lord of your life and then follow after him, because Luke 9, 23 through 24, Jesus says, deny yourself daily, take up your cross and follow me. And so that basically means we say no to our flesh, which is our sins, our worldly desires, Um, And we say yes to Jesus and give him our all and follow after him. And then we are saved whenever we believe in the name of Jesus and call in the name of Jesus and repent of our sin. Um, And so that's why it's saying, David is saying, the Lord is my salvation. So even if the worst case scenario happens, which on this earth is physical death, like that doesn't matter (laughs) because the Lord is my salvation. So I have no reason to be afraid um, of these armies and these enemies that are coming against him. And so... David also shows us that walking with Jesus doesn't mean life is always fair weather. Like he's having an army come against him. And I know sometimes it can feel like an army is against us spiritually, but I don't know how many of you listening are actually having people with like swords and (laughs) chariots come against you. But that's what David is experiencing, all these wars and all these battles. Um, And he's not afraid because he knows who the Lord is and he's reminding himself of the character of God. And I really like how David in the midst of of adversity is being confident in the Lord. And we know that he's confident because at the end of verse three, David says, I will still be confident, meaning he already is and he is going to be no matter what happens because the Lord is his light salvation and the stronghold of his life. The one that he runs to, the ones that he he hides in. Um, And verse four is so beautiful. It says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. And so David is telling us like that he's desiring God's presence and that when we seek God's presence, we see the beauty of God revealed. We can't just expect to go about our days and be like, God, like, where are you? I don't see like God throughout my day. Like, man, this sucks. Like, I feel so depressed. I still, I feel so anxious. Well, if you seek him in the midst of those moments and make him your stronghold to not hide, but be protected from things of the enemy, like anxiety and depression, that's when you see the beauty of God is when you seek after it. You have to open your eyes. Let the Lord open your eyes. Like if you're just ignorant to it, you're going to miss it. If you're not seeking him, you're going to miss it. It's about seeking after him and seeing his beauty in the seeking. Um, And verses five through six talk about the blessings of seeking God and being in his presence and what his presence brings. It says, for he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be held high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy, and I will sing and make music to the Lord. So this is saying that in the presence of God, when we run to God first, he's going to protect us. He's going to secure us. He's going to set us high. And that is constant. It's something that we can cling to. And what I really like is how it says that the Lord sets us high. Um, And not only does he set us high, but he sets us on a rock. So when the rains come and the winds come and the flood comes, we're high and we're on a rock. So it cannot be moved. It's constant. We can cling to it. It's always going to be there. And when you get set high, it means that you're being pulled out 
of this moment and seeing the big picture. You're being pulled out from one puzzle piece and seeing the whole puzzle put together. And so when you take that time to give your cares to the Lord and seek the Lord in the midst of that pain, you're seeing so much more than just your pain. You're seeing the refinement that you're having in the Lord. You're seeing the protection of how much worse your situation could be. You're seeing that the Lord is protecting you from so much, but he's allowing these things to come in to push you back into his presence, to be in the beauty of God to live within um, the beauty of the Lord. And so David is saying, celebrate. Like, I'm going to offer sacrifices. I'm going to shout with joy. I'm going to make music. I'm going to sing because isn't that just so wonderful that we don't deserve that at all? But he is our salvation. He gives us eternal life. He gives us light in the darkness. And he's our stronghold, the one we run to and can feel secure in and can feel content in and have confidence in saying that because it's true. And he always will be in never once has he failed us so why would all of a sudden he start now why would all of a sudden he leave you in the midst of this circumstance to fail you if he hasn't for me personally you're nine my 19 years of living like that just doesn't make sense to me i don't know why he'd make me wait and then like put me through this you know if he really wanted me to fail he would have made me fail already um And I just love how David reminds himself of that, of the blessings he has in the presence of God. And it just causes him to be filled with gratitude and praise. And sometimes I think that when we go throughout our day and it's a hard day, we, number one, miss the beauty of God. Number two, miss his presence entirely. Number three, miss his refinement that he's trying to give us. And number four, we miss an opportunity to praise in the midst of chaos, in the midst of sorrow and receive everlasting joy. Joy is not just a feeling like happiness that comes when situations are good joy happens despite circumstances because of who God is and not just only because of what he can give us but because he is everything that we need um and so verses 7 through 10 is David's prayer because now that he's recognized the character of God he's telling God that he desires to be in his temple and he understands that the beauty of God will be revealed in the seeking And that in God's presence, there's protection, security, and we are set high above our enemies on a rock. And that's causing David to celebrate. And then he kind of shifts and he just starts talking to God. And um, verses 7 through 10, it says, Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord cares for me. And I think this is really cool because David is like celebrating who God is during a time of war and his enemies attacking him. And he's like having this zeal for God and this joy for God despite his circumstances. But we also know that zeal cannot sustain us. Like we have to make God Lord of our lives. Like Lordship is what sustains us. And that's something that I've been learning a lot. It's just how you can have all the zeal you want, but you cannot experience true joy and sustaining zeal unless you have sustaining lordship and you know who the Lord is of your life and you make him the king of your heart and he sits on the throne and he's the one that makes the decisions of your life. He's the one that guides you um, and you follow his word and do what his word says. And so he's having an honest conversation with God about how he feels like, God, I know and I'm confident that this is who you are. But like, listen to me, like hear my heart, see my cry. Don't turn away from me. Like he knows God isn't going to, but he still casts his cares on God because God desires to hear from us. He wants to hear our cry. We're his children and he's our father. Like, you know, he wants to know 
what's going on with us and he wants us to confess it to him because it shows that we trust him and that we also desire intimacy with him. And when you confess those things to him, that creates even more of a bond. Being vulnerable with the Lord like, is going to make you so much closer to him and hear his voice so much louder and um, be so close with him. And David is known in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. And if you've never heard of David before, one of the big stories is whenever he was younger, he was anointed as king, even though he was just a shepherd boy and he wasn't even really a teenager yet. And he had so many older brothers ahead of him that could have been king, but he was chosen for a purpose and a plan to be king. And so he goes and he's bringing like supplies to his brothers who are at this battle with the Philistines. And so if the Philistines beat, um, beat the Israelites, which are like people groups, then the Israelites have to be the Philistine slaves. But if the Israelites beat the Philistines, then the Philistines have to be the Israelite slaves. Does that, I hope that makes sense. Um, so basically he's going to bring them food so that they can try and win this battle. Goliath is like, I think it's, I think he's like nine foot tall, um, giant and basically nobody is going in front of him. Nobody wants to fight him. But then David, knowing his anointing as king and trusting who the Lord is and knowing the power of the name of the Lord, steps in and defeats Goliath, even though all he had was a slingshot and some stones. And Goliath was dressed in armor and had a sword and even threatened to basically have David's body fed to the birds. <laughs> and David's like, no, like I come to you in the name of the Lord. And so he uses what he had in his hand, just as this little shepherd boy, and with the power of God and um, the with God being the ultimate leader and the one giving David the courage to go, defeated Goliath. And so the Israelites were set free and they were able to rejoice. And so he had that experience with God from the very beginning. Later in his life, there was a woman named Bathsheba and he ended up having an affair with her and even sent her husband into a battlefield and he was killed. And so he ended up um, getting with Bathsheba. And so now when you say David, after knowing the story of Bathsheba, it kind of diminishes the story of him and Goliath, if that makes sense. I know that's not for everybody, but I know a lot of times when I think of David, I immediately think of him and Goliath and then Bathsheba. And it's so crazy to see that even with Bathsheba, like God still forgave David when he repented and it didn't change the identity God gave him because of David's repentance and because of the power of grace, God still allowed him to be called a man after God's own heart, even though he had committed a sin like adultery and sexual immorality with Bathsheba. Um, and so I think it's really cool that David has had that experience of winning wars in the past and battles in the past with God. And so he knows who God is. He has experienced the grace of God. And um, instead of just being angry with God and being like, you let me defeat Goliath and now these people are coming against me and stuff. He is just turning to God and he's just seeking him even more because of the situation. He's not turning away. He's seeking to get closer to God and to see the beauty of God and to just rejoice, but also be honest and vulnerable. And I like how at verse 10, he says, even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord cares for me because your father and mother are the ones who created you like biologically they created you and so 
they're quote unquote technically supposed to be the people that love you the most but I know some situations are weird and some situations happen but at the end of the day like your parents are supposed to be the ones that care for you and love you the most and they have created you and so he's saying that the Lord's care for us and love for us surpasses any human knowledge any human ability and the Lord is the one who's going to care for you the most in these desperate times and then these chaotic times like he's the one that wants to hear from you and he's the one that can love and care for you like no one else can um and then verses 11 through 13 it just talks about like David praying even for guidance so he's seeking God like he's praying to God that he would be able to seek him more and be able to see his care more and be able to experience his care more and then he starts praying that he would have guidance in that and so verse 11 through 13 says because of my adversaries show me your way Lord and lead me on a level path do not give me over to the will of my foes for false witnesses rise up against me breathing violence I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living and so I really like this because David knew that life can't be done his way and he knew it wasn't easy he just wanted to be level and I think that sometimes we sit there and we're like God like I just I want you to um make this easy for me God I wish you would just take me out of this situation like David knew that's not what's going to happen because he knew that the Lord could sustain him and the Lord could take him through and refine him through these moments refine him through the times that David was nervous about enemies coming against him and so he says God just make me level God just put me on the path that you want me to be on if you're there I want to be there if you're not there I don't want to go and so David also knew life couldn't be done his way because of his past too. Like when he had drifted away from the Lord, he ended up with Bathsheba, you know, and had that written in the Bible. Like that is so crazy. Like imagine having like your biggest sin put in the Bible for so many people to read about and like also read about how he's king and how he defeated Goliath. Like part of you would just be like, wow, like I hope these people believe me (laughs) because like they also see my biggest sin, but He uses that to remember like, okay, no, I can't do it my way because when I do, I mess up. And when I do do life my own way, it just does not go well. Um, And so he is just certain of who God is and not who David is. He's certain of who God is. And he clings to the unchanging character and the unchanging word of God. And verse 14, I really like, I actually memorized um, verses 13 through 14 of the Psalm as soon as I read it. And so verse 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart be courageous, wait for the Lord. And so I feel like this is David, like, he's kind of like just like talking to himself, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, just wait for the Lord, like be strong, let your heart be courageous, wait for the Lord. That's also encouragement to us. Like if you're going through a time where you feel like you are spiritually attacked or like emotionally, your mental health isn't doing well, or like maybe you are having like physical problems like you go to school and you feel like all your friends don't like you or like maybe there's just some drama going on or maybe you just have to make a decision that you don't know what to decide maybe you got a bad report from the doctor something that you didn't want to hear like whatever it is it's a refining moment for you so wait for the lord seek him remember who he is and David says, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living because the Lord is nothing but good to us. And he has all we need. He is our stronghold and nothing can take that away from him. Like he's unchanging and he is who he says he is. Like that's what Easter was all about. Like a couple weeks ago, Easter was about Jesus showing that what he said is true and that he has overcome death. He has overcome sin. And so with 
receiving Jesus as we have the Holy Spirit now, which is why the veil was torn. And so if you don't know what that means is in biblical times, they would have a high priest go behind this veil um, and they would get in the presence of God. And I'm not going to get into details about that, but basically this veil was torn when Jesus was on the cross, showing that we don't need a high priest to go before us and make these sacrifices. We can have the Holy Spirit living in us, which is why Jesus ascended. And he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so with that, we have been given purpose. We have been given the Holy Spirit. We are a temple of the living God and God is nothing but good. And he's not gonna withhold any good from us. And so if you're going through this time and you're like, man, like why I feel like God is withholding like blah, blah, blah. Maybe what you think is good for yourself is not actually good for you. And so God's trying to refine you and teach you and push you back into his presence, push you back into praising in the midst of the storm and and finding joy in him alone. So that's why David's like, just wait for the Lord, like continue to wait. Like you got this, like keep seeking Lord, be strong, keep going. And I feel like a lot of times when we're in the valley, it's so hard. It's either like one of two radicals either it's really hard to open your bible or you're constantly in your bible and you're like i don't want to move until i am changed i don't want to move until i have a better attitude and for me personally i am the kind of person that's like it's hard for me to get in my bible because i know what i should be doing but then when i do get in my bible i'm like okay you know what god like i'm not moving until my attitude changes like my circumstance may not change right now because you're teaching me something and you're leading me somewhere but I need to change my attitude and I need to change my heart. And so that's what David is doing. He's making it a heart thing by reminding himself of who the character of God is, reminding himself to have be confident in who God is, to keep seeking the Lord and seeking his beauty, reminding himself of what happens when we're in the presence of God. We're protected, we're secured. And then also just being honest and just talking to God and being like, God, please be faithful to me. Like, I know you are, but see me, hear my cry. I want to experience your care and your love. And then he also says, Lord, like, I also just want to be on the path that you have for me. Is this, if am I where I'm supposed to be right now? Like, make me level, help me to trust you. And then at the very end, he's like, okay, now that I've talked to God, reminded myself of who God is. I'm certain that I will see the Lord's goodness. It's not that he's expecting anything of God. He's just anticipating the character of God. And we can anticipate God's goodness because he always is good to us. Um, And we just have to wait. Just be strong. Keep going through whatever you are going through. I really feel like the Lord just wants somebody to hear that right now. It's like he's your stronghold. Turn to him. Run to him. He wants you. He wants to care and love for you. And so that's all I really have for today. And I feel like... um, waiting on the Lord and just running to him first is always really hard. So if you need someone to talk to or listen to you or just to be friends with, or just to give you some encouragement, um, my Instagram is at Gracie underscore Woody. And also just before we close out our time, um, I don't ever want you guys to think that I am trying to get money out of you guys but if you feel led to give or you want to give but you don't know where to start, um, Hi, <laughs> I'm Gracie. I'm going to the Dominican um, in June, on June 25th to July 2nd with my dad, and we're going with Victory Family Church. I also have a friend named Jessie Cortez who is on the podcast, and her you can get her contact stuff through me, um, through my Instagram, at Gracie underscore Woody. I'll say it again, just in case. If you would like to donate to um, just any mission trip, Jesse and I would love that. <laughs> and if you can't donate, because I understand everybody is broke, I get it, especially being in college and 
all that jazz. We're not even going to talk about it, <laughs> but um, please just pray for us and pray for the hearts of the Dominicans because Jesse and I are going actually at the same time, but with two different ministries. And so that's really cool. And I feel like the Lord really wants to do something through us there at the Dominican, um, obviously because he's given us the opportunity to go, but also we're there at the same time. So that's also kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so just donate to one of us, um, if you would like, but again, you don't have to. And yeah, that's all I really have for today. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. It means the world to me and I love you guys so much.